0: Hello and welcome to Feel No Shame, a podcast created to normalize conversations around the subject of suicide. The Feel No Shame podcast does not endorse or encourage suicidal behaviors or deliberate self-harm. Instead, we promote open and safe discussion around suicidal thoughts and feelings as well as how to manage them. If you are affected by anything we talk about on today's podcast and feel like you need somebody to speak to, please call the Samaritans any day, anytime on 116 123. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email feelnoshamepod at gmail.com or follow feelnoshamepod on Instagram and Facebook. Take care and enjoy the episode.
1: How do I start them? No, like how do we start? How do we start so we pretend like we're not starting?
0: Do you know what
1: the answer
2: (laughs) is? We've just done it. That's it exactly. Hi everyone, hope you're well. Hello. Hello and welcome to Feel No Shame, episode four. Episode four. Wow, we've done this for a month. Amazing. Yes. Yeah.
1: How are you? I, I w- I've been trying to um, when I do the episode uh, synopses. Synopsis, when it's more than one. Synopses. I don't know. <laughs> when I write them, I when I whenever I write episode one. I always try and think of a like a Star Wars based pun that would still work. And I haven't found one yet. To the point where I think episode three, I was gonna say something like, But there's no clones, just individuals.
2: And oh. I backed out of that one, obviously. Um, that would have been great for episode two. Because <sighs> that was all okay, about the well, there we go. one. There we that go. Was...
1: So uh, I'm not even up on my knowledge, but what's episode four called? A New Hope. A New Hope. So And do you know um, what? I hope Oops. we have a good podcast. <laughs> uh,
2: no, see, that'll be good for the vlog because my facial expression changed from sarcastic happiness to monotone um, lack of <laughs> just, just absolute disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how are you?
1: Yeah, all good. All good here. Um, got the heater on, got a candle burning almost down to the wick. You want
2: to see it? Where's the other end? Are you burning at both ends? Ah! Nice. So it's a wooden wick. Well, audio description. Rowan is showing us a candle.
1: I'll put a link to where I get these candles from in the episode description as well. Let me write well, that down. We're hoping
2: to get a time. sponsorship deal. Get a sponsorship deal going, Rowan. Come on.
1: If anyone gives me free things, I'm happy. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna write on here: candles. Thanks. Um. Because I mentioned the T-shirts. Yeah. This is the shirt for today. It's quite out as well. I have to buy these T-shirts. But here we go. The money goes to charity. Yeah. So everything everything I buy um, T-shirt-wise for these podcasts is from organizations or companies that will then donate their profits or at least some of their profits to good causes. So this obviously goes to the British Heart Foundation which is relevant to the rest of this episode. And on the back is a big, oh,
0: almost Uh, a candle
1: over.
2: There's a big heart. Can you see that? I can, yes. Audio description, Rowan is showing his back. For those that are not listening or watching, sorry, but are listening. So there you go. Um, Quite quite, um, apt as well for me because um, I had some feedback uh, from none other um then <laughs> the ball and j- no no the wife um basically my beautiful wife jade um was just saying to me today um as i was preparing breakfast uh, o- over by the, the the breakfast bar um and she said oh just a bit just a bit of feedback for you babe i was like yeah you know what um rowan always seems to be dressed appropriately for the <laughs> um, you're always in your pajamas and I'm like oh yeah I didn't I, you know when you just think I'm, I'm in a relaxed environment I'm yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, surrounded by, I'm, I'm, surrounded by I'm surrounded by Marcello Bielsa, Uh for audio descriptive purposes I've got a background filter on um, but yeah I, I only just realized oh yeah I am like right. episode one I'm wearing my Superman pajama top Um, episode two I'm wearing my Star Wars pajama top and then episode three I'm back in my Superman pajama top Um, I I just have to apologize to all viewers that think I'm very disheveled I'm not Um, however I'm wearing pajama bottoms tonight so I'm wearing jewels um the the you know, I'm I'm sponsored by jewels tonight um mm. it's a lovely top it's uh, it's it's double XL but it's nice and comfortable and I feel as though I don't have a ridge anymore because I've I'm losing weight so it's great um so yeah I'm I'm comfortable in my in my top tonight which is not a pajama top so there you go and at least you're
1: wearing pajama bottoms this week because mm. it's been unbearable every time you stood up the last 3 weeks
2: hey Size is not everything. Isn't that right? No. Um, Not so much the size. It's the shading. It's the angle. The girth. The
1: number. Well, just insert whichever word you want here. We were going to talk about Piers Morgan. But more specifically, uh, Meghan Markle. And Mm -hmm. the strange situation that went on this week where Piers Morgan felt like it was appropriate to comment on somebody else's suicidal thoughts mm. as part of his alleged obsession with her, Do you know, it's you can say alleged before anything. And allegedly,
2: as, uh, and assumed, assumed
1: as the allegedly he's obsessed with her <laughs> for yeah. for whatever reason, and just sort of went off on her on Good Morning Britain, which resulted in him then being called out on it quite rightly by, by Alex
2: Ferrisford. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is he one of he's a local I think so.
2: He was actually yeah he's he used to do the weather locally and then got promoted to the Premier yeah. League of ITV um yeah yeah so he so,
1: spoke up um and he felt like most of us i would say that it was inappropriate for somebody to reveal that they were having suicidal thoughts and for somebody else to then say live on television no you're not yeah. you are making it up yeah. um how
2: did you feel about it? How, did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I, funny enough, I watched it. I watched the repeat of it today, where he stormed off in disgust hmm. um, because um, Alex. Uh, for those for those that haven't watched it, um, we'll g- just give you a quick running commentary. Alex Beresford walk, uh, was on the the set. Um, he looked very tired. If that, I think he was very. I think he has been drained of just hearing this tripe. In in my. Mm-hmm in my own words, from Morgan, and I won't call him Piers because I won't do him justice, Morgan, um, Mr. Morgan, um, given give he, he's given a soapbox and he spouts it, and you can you can see in the face of Susanna Reid that she's had enough as well, um, but Alex Berriford really did um, just put his head above the parapet and said, look, I don't know what your agenda is, Piers, um, but is it because she she went on one dinner appointment with you and then completely blanked you afterwards that you've got this horrendous mantra against her and Piers Morgan didn't like it and stormed off the set um but it seems to me as though he's more than happy to give his own opinion on things he's more than happy to dish out all this uh all all this tripe as I've said but when it comes back to him uh, tripe tennis um he he can't volley it back or he can't he can't return serve um i like i like that um mm-hmm. but going. ultimately um it really did um insult me with the fact that he said oh she must be making it up or or the the mm-hmm. assumption of her not getting the support it's not it's not true it can't happen um either way um and I, I, I know I spoke to you about this before the podcast, but either way, regardless of whether or not it's true, if if this if this is being said out loud to a public arena, then there should be support available, regardless of it being true or not, to to for for Meghan and and to Harry. You know this whole evidence of um, Piers saying, but he Harry's a, an advocate of all these mental health charities. He supported her. He did everything okay. he could. I, I work for a profession where apparently, you know, law is law. I don't know everything about the law. I have to research mm. it. So with Harry, even though he's an advocate of many mental health charities, that situation for him at that time where he's having to cradle his wife because she feels like ending it, like checking out, um, it, that's all he could do at the time. Um, and yeah. I just think it's its no place for Piers Morgan to, to say anything. And once again, a nation divided. Um, we're we're divided by you know who do we who do we support? Do we support Harry and Meghan, or do we support the royals? But it, it's 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 a very it's a it's a melting pot for discussion. The the situation with that family has been you know in the public eye for many generations, and I just I I just think they they are a, a family themselves that have broken free from conformity and and the best of luck to them and I, I, I am so glad that this came out because they don't have to be silenced you should not be silenced mm. uh, if you've got if you've got problems that are that are bubbling away um, so I'm, I hope she gets the support she needs if she still has these thoughts um, and I think the right thing to do was to get out it, it was a toxic a mm. toxic scenario um, a toxic area of of discussion um the whole point of this well you're not getting a title um because of the color of his skin i, I i'm not going we're not gonna go into that um quite frankly because it's not our place to, to talk about that i don't think because it, we could <laughs> we could go on for hours about it but i think the the powers that be the firm the institution that they were part of was was a toxic one Regardless of being family, regardless of being um, relative, they had to get out for their own sanity, uh, and they did. Um, and I'll and I'll mirror that in my discussion um, about my own personal experiences in this podcast. So coming up, yeah.
1: And and to go back to the to the Harry supporting her, it's different when it's a partner. Like it's it's, a, it's really it's really hard because you have to. I mean, you're close to that person anyway, so you have really strong feelings about them, and you're not going to be impartial, and you're not going to be thinking straight yourself. So as much as he knows, yes, he can support her to a limit, but but there comes a time when, when all of us, well, I mean, we all deserve professional help anyway, but some of us will need professional help. And that's completely different to the help you receive from a friend or a partner. Sometimes that help from a friend or a partner can be enough, but sometimes you do have to go one further. But It's just, it's bizarre to me that this whole argument exists because somebody has said that they feel like they don't want to be here anymore. And if somebody's natural inclination isn't to then offer compassion and Mm. support and understanding, what is going on now? That's rhetoric. Who knows what's going on? But similarly, we've, uh, so in the three episodes we've had previously, we've spoken about... um, Adverse childhood experiences. Then we had Holly talking about uh, perinatal mental health difficulties, and Charlotte talking about uh, difficulties growing up in um, in school and adolescence in general. And there's a theme to all of those uh, three subjects and that at one point or another they all felt trapped by their circumstances, and they all felt like they were overwhelmed because they were trapped because of their circumstances. And it's exactly the same with a few nuances for. Uh, Megan, Markle in this situation because she, she kind of yeah found herself in a situation where certain human rights it seems were taken away. She had to yeah. not see people that she wanted to see hand in her car keys that kind of thing but also she was then told that this is all alleged I suppose but she was told not to ask for support because it would look bad and and then it's kind of like, well, what's she supposed to do? She's got all these intense, powerful feelings, nowhere for them to go. The situation she's in is, is making those feelings worse. It's exacerbating the situation. Again, there's overwhelm. Again, there's a feeling of being trapped. Again, there is a completely understandable human reaction of feeling like the only way out is suicide. Yeah. And so, again, just to reiterate that point, anybody who hears somebody say, I don't want to be here anymore for it to then turn into an argument where people are getting angry and people are getting cross and people are getting skeptical. That's all of their feelings. And yeah. they need to deal with their feelings on their own. Piers Morgan, if oh. you're listening to this, which you're not going to be listening to, but you need to deal with your own stuff and stop putting it on other people. <laughs> yeah. And Alan backs me up right Alan?
2: I, I Yes. A hundred, hundred billion percent if that was a percentage. Um, right, it, so it, it, it just like, only goes up to a hundred, yeah, but it's yeah. just you know, exacerbating it. Um, but no, I think with, with him, um, he thrives and I've seen it in the press, I've seen it in his previous um, experience with uh, getting sensationalist tabloids, Uh, headlines out there, you know, the urinating on the wall um, for, look at what these soldiers are getting done to them. And it was just one of his um, PAs or someone urinating up a wall that was all fake. It was all sensationalized. There's a a part of me that assumes maybe that walkout yesterday was sensationalized because they're trying to get better ratings than BBC. Um, I I just think from my own point of view, they're, they're cashing in on someone's on, on someone's mental health and it's disgusting um, yeah whoever's right or wrong in that scenario and like you've just said there should not be an argument there shouldn't mm. be an argument about having to try and support someone it just should be done it should just be just go and get the help you need and I just feel in, in my own soundbite it was a toxic uh situation they both were in they had a family that was growing they needed to get out and they did, and they shouldn't mm. be vilified for it. Um, there's no way he's going to be king of England. There's no way she's going to have the chance un- unless something happens, you know. Um, it it's just not, it's just not the the way that they saw their lives going. Uh, and I think fair play to him. Um, but why it's divided a nation or why it's divided the world, I, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I just think. Um, it just opens more questions up to what goes on behind the scenes. Maybe we'll find out in the Crown in a couple of years. Who knows? Um, but um, maybe I still
1: won't care then.
2: Exactly. About the royal family. Exactly.
1: But yeah, you're right. If if her suicidal feelings have been used as some kind of uh, marketing ploy or some kind of ratings boost, then again, that's
0: disgusting.
1: Yeah. And. The cynical part of me is quite a big part of me. Feels like it probably was a Piers Morgan orchestrated walkout. It's unlikely he will do anything without knowing that he can get something out of it in the end. And if if he's used her her deepest, darkest thoughts as a stepping stone to further greatness, then it makes him even more not a deplorable human being, but a human being who does deplorable things. Let's yeah. say that. That's diplomatic, and that's, that's genuinely how I feel. He's he not rides, a bad guy. He does no, bad thing.
2: He rides the tailcoats of sensationalism. That's all it is. That's He's a walking, talking headline, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And he supports Arsenal, which makes him even worse. But there you go. <laughs> um, but having said it's that... It's probably
1: a bit reductive as well to call it a generational thing, because not everybody in his generation feels that way. But, um, but that will be like an easy... Distinction that's made, I think, that's probably quite baseless. I don't know. Um, we're we're a similar age. Obviously, you're slightly older than me.
2: Mid, not not old. I'm mid. Late.
1: You? Well, round it up because you're 35 now. So round it up. That's basically yeah. 60. Um, but yeah, I the the younger generation again. This is generalization. General generation generalization. Nice. The younger generation tend to be more open, tend to be more accepting of mental health issues, um, of suicidal thoughts and feelings, which is the direction that we want to go in, where it can be normalized and where we can have these discussions without it ending up being a big argument or a bargaining chip or whatever it is. Um, Whereas, stereotypically, the older generation may not be so familiar with this openness. Is that fair to say or is that tarring everybody with an unfair brush?
2: I don't think it's tarring because... Compare it to—I mean—a great example would be Little Britain. Okay, the way I—I I, I really enjoyed watching Little Britain when I was younger. Um, I think it's nearly—it's nearly fifteen, twenty plus years. It's nearly twenty years old now, I think. Um, and it was—I was—I was growing up um, just before going off to uni, watching it. But when you look at back at it now, you just think, "Oh, there's some racial undertones. There's some homophobia. Um, there's there's a lot." of characteristics that nowadays you would think you would not put that on uh prime time television however mm-hmm. during that time it was accepted it was it was humorous to a certain degree and then it got repetitive um and they just cashed in on on single one one track liners and so on um i i just feel it it is it is a generational thing however However, um, it it should be broadened. It should be conversations that we can talk about, and not vilify the past because the past is the past. Things change, uh, things adapt, uh, and we learn from it, uh, and we learn from things. Matt Luca, I mean, we're going off on a tangent. I mean, we've gone from Megan to to the only gay in the village type scenario, but ultimately they've they have apologised. Uh, then you have the argument: why should you apologise? Because you know this is great comedy you're never going to have um everyone agree um Mm. and i think i think it's just the conversations need to happen it doesn't need to be uh, you know orchestrated sensationalism on conversations god we're saying a lot of long words tonight um but i think it it is a generational thing but every generation should have their say and discuss things um Mm. not not be i'm right and you're wrong i'm big and you're small and there's nothing you can do about it nothing like that just 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 plausible conversations just conversations that are open and honest and thankfully nowadays we're able to talk about the the uncomfortable and make it in some way comfortable um i I mean i i just feel as though um uh 20 years ago um I, i was enjoying little britain as i said but it's a different world now um, people are people are standing up to a lot more things, and people younger than I I I am, um, are are putting themselves forward uh, as advocates of of mental health and talking about things that I know I would never have talked about at their age. Um, so I I just applaud that. Um, so, yeah. so that that's the beauty of social media as well. It it gives people nowadays an avenue, a soapbox to stand on uh, and talk about things. It's just certain things again. Um, shouldn't be said. But then 10 years, 15 years from now, who knows what we'll be talking about and seeing what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. However, we're not going to go on and on and on about it, but racism is never anything to, to, to say, oh yeah, it's acceptable. Um, it, it, it's something that, you know, we should always talk about and, and always discuss. But however, it, it's a generational thing. I do agree. It's, it's something that we, we adapt to and we learn from.
1: To some extent, a generational thing, because there are good apples and bad apples in every
2: generation.
1: But but hopefully, I mean, you can you can still be. You can still stand by things that you've said, but apologize at the same time. And hopefully that's what some people learn to do in that they can say, yes, I believe in free speech. And yes, this is what I believe in. But I know that that may hurt some some people. And I'm truly sorry if that is the case. And. Another stone that's thrown at the younger generation will oh, be that everybody's too stone. sensitive. That's everybody's stone too just sensitive hit me on the head. Yeah, everyone does. Everybody's everybody's too sensitive. Everybody's speaking up when they shouldn't be. And it's not that people are too sensitive; is that people now feel, quite rightly, like they're allowed to have a say, like they have broken free of some shackles and have the platform to now be able to speak. So it's not that nobody was offended back then; it's that people were offended and terrified and felt like they weren't allowed to have a say and felt like that wasn't their place. Whereas now, people are terrified and speaking up, which is the bravest thing, which again brings us back to Meghan, in that she is terrified but she is also speaking up. And she represents, um, in her own way, a huge microcosm of society who feel terrified, but don't feel like they can speak up. Mm. And this is where the Piers Morgan thing really stings, in that she spoke up and rather than it being, wow, Let's applaud this person. Uh, Let's give her the help she deserves. It is half of the people saying that and the other half saying she's making up. She doesn't deserve anything. She's attention seeking. Oh, that phrase out grinds my gears. Of course, she's seeking attention because she needs needs the the attention attention. for for that particular topic or that particular worry that she has. But yeah, let's not go on too much about this. Let's agree that we are right about every single thing we say
2: absolutely and i will vote for that i will vote. i will vote and, and veto morgan not piers <laughs> morgan. Um, morgan but yeah um just just if if, if harry and megan do want to come on to feel no shame because one of the quotes that i i did hear her say was that she felt ashamed for those thoughts and but we don't
1: want her to feel
2: anything no, exactly. Um, so that, that's one thing that resonated with me when she did speak out about the thoughts and feelings that she went through at that stage. Um, she felt ashamed um, of actually thinking those thoughts. Um, and I looked at Jade and Jade looked at me and I thought, oh, have to tell, have to tell Rowan about that. And here we are. Um, so yeah, feel no shame, Megan. No shame. Yeah, and if you do, if, if you're listening, um, get, get Oprah on the blower uh we'd we'd love to you know have a chat but no never gonna happen never <laughs> at gonna. no at feel no shame
1: pod or feel no shame pod at com, if you do want to get in touch any yes. um any other uh royals who have abdicated um
2: <laughs> shall yeah. we have a shall we have a poll to see who was the royal that said the thing about that thing of, about mm. the, about mm, no. Don't think
1: you're allowed to mention his name, are you? It just gets beeped out on things I listen to. Anyway. Name redacted.
2: Name redacted. Yeah. Curled
0: up, wishing for the womb.
1: Death banging at the door, over and over again. Go
0: away, not today, I whisper. Well done, you're getting better at pretending you're okay.
1: Look inside my head, I picture a black hole which will eventually
2: swallow everyone I know and love.
1: So who's who's the guest today anyway, What I, time are they getting here? We've I, been
2: talking for quite a while. I don't know who the guest is, Rowan. I think you do. For it, it is you. It's me. No. It was, was you me. all along. It was it was me, Austin. I So no. you
1: kindly agreed to talk to us today about your own am I allowed to set this up? Is this okay?
2: You're, allowed, you're to be quite on. honest. I, I pushed it, didn't I? I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah do it. Yeah, because because we were thinking, Oh, should we have a break? Should we have a should we have a week off? And then I thought, No, um, because it should be weekly if we can. We'll, mm. we'll probably get to a point where, like, uh, there's no one wants to talk to us. Um, but yeah, I, I did instigate it. I thought, No, we, we I've, I've got something to say. Um, let's say it, but no, carry on. Sorry, I just.
1: Well, i was i was gonna say um that you kindly agreed to talk to us about your own feelings um around the death of your father when yes. you were fifteen is that right correct yeah yeah it was twenty years ago um and some of those feelings are pertinent to the podcast because because yeah. uh, you did feel like you didn't want to be here but but you'll be the best person to explain that to us so Absolute. i've mentioned to you beforehand i i I wanted
2: to treat this like a normal podcast, but I didn't write any questions. Um, I'm to not going to To be honest, I I just want free counselling, really. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cashing Go in. I'm exploiting. I'm exploiting your job. No, I'm a joke. Um, but I think I think just as a disclaimer, um, for anyone that's listening, I'm okay. I am fine. Um, I'm I'm in a, a very happy place. I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, I've got a beautiful wife, a beautiful son. Um, a Great big house um, with a conservatory and a hot tub, blow up one. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 feeling good. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling really good. Um, the 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 only thing that resonates still. I, th- I love saying that word tonight. That resonates um, is it's just in the back of my mind. You know the the whole oh, it would have been nice for for Dad to see this, or it would have been nice for Dad to see that. But um how do you want to do it, mate? Do you want to me talk or you start or how do you want to do it? I think you talk. Yeah. Okay. It's your story. Thank you. Thank you. Um So um I, I'll try not to get emotional. I'll you know talk about. Uh... No, 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 no. I, I will because I, I, I don't want I don't want to edit it really. I just want it to flow. No No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but it, it all it all began um, back in um, the early. Well, 86 when, uh, well, 85, when James Martin, Edward Byrne and um, Phyllis, uh, Teresa Mary Byrne decided, let's have a fourth baby. And the stars aligned and we won't go into the ins and outs, no pun intended. Um, But in 1986, I was born. And um, yeah, it it was great. Um, My dad um, was uh, a a worker in British steel um, in Corby. Uh, where my mum still lives Um, they set up a a beautiful home 33 Bamberg close that's where uh, I I lived um, between the ages of naught and 18 Um, and it was great absolutely superb I had a brilliant childhood Um, I had um, my my dad would be a massive fan of Dean Martin I I would fall in love with the music of the crooners Um, he would tell my mum off for playing the Dubliners too much Um, and it was it was a beautiful childhood uh, I, I always remember that, and and as I said in the in the Facebook message that I put out um, to share the fact that we were doing this podcast, um, my my I was brainwashed to support Leeds United, which is why I've got the the greatest manager that ever lived behind me, um, and one of his interpreters. So you know it's fine, um, but yeah, Leeds United um, I I was born and raised up on, um, and I'll never forget, 1992, um, we won the last ever proper first division and there I'm I'm at the top of the stairs and there's my dad listening on the radio just getting in from work you know doing a little jig um because he hasn't he hasn't seen his team win the league uh since 1975 um he's seen them get promoted seen them go down uh and it feels that I'm reliving that I'm I but we'll get on to that in a bit um Mm. but but 92 we you know and that I fell in love with Leeds because of my dad um and and then as i started getting older i noticed my dad started getting a lot of nosebleeds um i thought it was due to the the the, the steel the the rock metal or i don't know going into his um orifices snoof you know and then and then he bleeds because it's probably you know doing something on his inside but he had a lot of nosebleeds um and growing up i think i remember my one of my birthdays i was i had the mcdonald's birthday you know where i was allowed to invite up to 10 friends and we went to the big mcdonald's and i i, I was the king i was like yes uh, I'm, I'm i've got people coming to my party that want to eat free mackie d's and we'd go back behind the kitchens and it was all because of me um but my dad wasn't there because he was uh, in hospital, um, because he had to get his nose uh, caught, he had to get the inside of his nose cauterized because it it just got too much, the nose piece got too much. Now, I don't know if that was a factor um, that later caused his death because of his heart, Um, but fast forward um, to 15, I'm 15 years of age and um, I'll never forget, I'll never forget my dad. being a teenager, um, I never forget my dad uh, getting a bit not not irate, but just going just go up and tidy your room, you know, like in a very strong Irish voice, mm-hmm. um, and it was out of character. And mm-hmm. this was a, this was like a few a few days before um, he he passed, um, but yeah, it was it was a really surreal moment because I'll never forget it. The night before he passed, I uh, it was a beautiful summer's evening um and my uh mum and dad they just had the confirmation that my dad was getting made redundant um from work he wanted it to happen uh, and they, and he was getting a big payout he was getting a really yeah. big payout and it was really exciting times um for them too because they'd be able to go on holidays more together they'd be able you know they'd be able to potentially because i think one of their one of their aspirations together was to to, to frequently go on holiday a bit more probably even get A little villa somewhere i don't know um but i'll never forget that night i stayed in the house while they were having a little celebration out in the back garden and i was watching this stupid documentary on on madonna um and i don't know why i was uh, but that's you know when you say you have no regrets in life Mm. that's that's a regret because the following day it just the my life changed 100% flip reverse 100 180 360 mm. because i remember waking up and it was an average school day 5th of july um you know and uh, uh, my dad was getting ready for work half six quarter seven and he's downstairs and he then i, I hear him struggling i think oh he's probably he's probably had, you know he's had a bit too much the night before Um, you know, I thought, oh, he's he's on the toilet getting sick, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then my mum goes down and I'm still as a teenager, you know, I can't be bothered getting up, just, you know, our school's in about 10 minutes, whatever. And then I heard my my mum saying, oh, Al, can you go down and can you go just check on your dad? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And my dad's on the, you know, just by the loo, um, just, you know, getting sick. Uh, And I say, you're right, Dan? He goes, yeah, I'm fine, son. And i thought okay see you later because i thought right you know you've had you've had too much to drink that's your own fault Up, off i go and then i go back to bed and uh my mum then says ali's having a heart attack I was like and from and i think that's when it was like uh, i'm awake wide awake go down ambulance has been called our next door neighbor's a nurse um she she's with him and it it's seeing uh, the ambulance come and I'll never forget my brother Jim in his car just races round the corner. It's just very big cul-de-sac and he just races round the corner and he runs in. Um, and it's all pandemonium in the in the uh, in the hallway. And for me at fifteen, seeing my dad that was, you know, quite a colourful chap, he had, you know, a lot of colour to his skin it went gray within mm. seconds and it's like okay this is this is serious and i'm like uh, okay and uh, i just i stay with i stay with the uh, the nurse my next door neighbor as a nurse and she's trying to she's trying to keep me as calm as i can um because at the time i was like what's going on what's going on what's going on mm. um so i calm they go off to the to ketron general ketron general hospital and then uh, my other brother steve uh comes along um, he he's unbeknownst. He's just got off work. Uh, he's a postie and stuff like. That. He doesn't know what's going on, and we go together in the car. Very silent. That was that was the one thing that I remember. Not we didn't speak at all mm-hmm. um, on the way there. And I'm in I'm in the. Uh, I had to let one of my friends know because we normally used to go to school together. I'd say look, I can't I can't come in because I think I think my dad's had a heart attack. So I'm I'm off to to see him. And I'm thinking in my head, "Oh, it's one of those scenarios where he's, he's had a heart attack he's he's fine, you know that that was the that was the initial feeling mm-hmm. I had and then I get there, very eerie, big breakfast is playing. I'll never forget that. Johnny Vaughan is still presenting the big breakfast. It's on in the waiting room, and then i get I get called in, and it's a very somber looking doctor I'm like, okay, this is getting this is starting to get worse and worse and worse and then my mum just said he's dead. And it was just that initial, I, I, I remember the, the hands gone over the face. And it just went, you know, the you know, like if you've, uh, you when your ears go, there's a tinniness or a, mm-hmm. just an, uh, just void, a void noise, if that makes sense. Mm. And, and from that moment, it just was surreal. Like, I'm, I'm not myself. I'm living someone else's life. This is not real. And then I'm looking at, I'm looking at Jim, I'm looking at my brother Steve and my mum's in hysterics. It's just, it's just unfolding as I'm, as yeah. i am just seeing him. And, and then I go in to see him, I go in to see him. And that for me was, that, that, that for me was, I, he didn't fit, he didn't look real. Um, mm. it, it was, he was very, you know, cold and so on. But I said goodbye. I said, see you later, dad um as as coolly as you could. Um went in with my sister and um it the ride home was unbelievable because it's like what is going on? None of us none of us spoke. None of us spoke. And for a family and we're an Irish family that doesn't shut up and you're competing. You are competing for voices. That was very eerie. And then, Mm. and then getting it back into 33 Bamberg, the phone calls have to be made. People have to be notified. I'm, I'm still half in my school uniform, you know, uh, white, white top, black trousers. And, and then I look at the table and my dad's League United Cups there and his cereal bowl is still there and it's half eaten. And Mm. the the, the cup is still, you know, relatively lukewarm. It's like okay. Mm. And that's it. So I went up the field, um, escaped the 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 atmosphere, uh, mm. went up. And as we've said before in this podcast this week, it was that was my attention seeking. That was my initial I want to I want I want someone to talk to, but I don't want someone to talk to. Um and my brother came up, we sat we we chatted, Steve Steve my brother did and uh, we came back into the house and the three weeks that led up to um, my dad's funeral uh, I'd, I'd felt togetherness as a family we were all there supporting each other um, it was surreal um, but we were all there together and then it was after it was after the funeral that the darkness you know so to speak came um, because I'm on my own um, they have to go back to their lives they have to go back to um what they want to do um and to pay the bills um we 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 you know they've got houses to pay for um and it was all the aunties and uncles and you know everyone saying ah you're you're demanded the de house now and that's my very poor irish accent um but yeah it was me and my mum um up until my you know i turned 18 and went off to uni and yeah there there were moments where um i Felt trapped myself. Yeah. Um, my mum was very uh, concerned about me, um, rightly so. She's a mum, but the 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 beauty of it was I had I had certain friends that I would never really spoken to before, and they'd mm. they'd come and support me, and I grew great friendships. So one of one of our followers, um, I will say, Fred, uh, Fred Harvey. Hello, um, he's uh, he, he's listened. Um, and i know he's listening so thank you very much for what you did back then we he he gave me all his fags because I, I i smoked um with him um and the and we bunked off school once to play fifa um he showed me all about fifa um well basically it was just it was just an excuse to escape um but we'd go up to his bedroom he'd play his guitar and i'd nick his fags and play fifa it was great um but that was my that was my little escapism um mm. and, and we're adults now um and that you know we, we just thinking about it i do think okay the the worry i gave my mum sometimes you know was was right I, I ballooned in weight um in regards to you know maybe that was my um maybe that was that, that was my explosive demeanor but you know i i sorted that out um lost a lot of weight um when i got to by the time i got eight by the time i got to 18 um and and yeah I felt good I felt really good but there were times in between all of that um that I'd be I'd be unable to sleep I'd be unable to to sleep because I'd be always thinking what would my dad be able to say to me now what would my dad be be mm-hmm. saying to me with this scenario you know I'm my 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 grades are, are not as good as they should be what would he say to me you know um leads are uh, are not doing well, what would he say to me? You know, Leeds have just got relegated. How would he feel? All that sort of stuff was going from my mind. Um, and I was starting to to go through that, uh, seeing Leeds get relegated. Uh, mm-hmm. And that one of the things he used to say to me, was, I was there, Al, I was there, I saw them go down. And I saw them in their darkest times. And then I've seen them now in their best of times. So, you know, um, it, it, was, it was one of those scenarios where I was trying to, de- trying to depict my my fall with the demise of Leeds United. Seriously, it was it was it was that it was we're getting we're we're going down to to the championship. I feel really low as well. Um, yeah, it, it was just mirrored. That that was. I mean, it's a it's, it's a bit a parallel. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought there, there were times where I would be just thinking, okay, that knife on the side of the table. What what would happen? if that you know would go through me that sort of thing Mm -hmm. i'd never i i never and this Mm -hmm. is again a disclaimer i never had the inclination to do it i Mm -hmm. never had the inclination to do it but they would be there to say oh you know um i wouldn't you know would anyone miss me would anyone be be would anyone do that and then i'd be like yeah of course And it would just be for those fleeting seconds Mm -hmm. oh okay Okay, that's fine. Okay, I'm going to move away from that uh, because I, for I, for me, would at that point and even looking back to it now, I, I wouldn't do anything. But it's the thoughts, and yeah. it would be drinking myself into a stupor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, 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 recall, you know, Friday nights, uh, Mum would be asleep on the sofa. We'd watch Big Brother together, you know, just things that would be comfortable. And then I'd nick a fags, go into the go into my bedroom smoke out the window and and play my playstation 2 all those sort of things and drink a bottle of vodka and then mm-hmm. fall asleep or get sick and then fall asleep my mum wouldn't know you know so, yeah. so sorry mum if you know now um <laughs> but you know it was those things where i'd i'd, I'd do stupid things uh, and not have the repercussion oh well you know it's, no no one cares but those but those feelings i think they didn't get worse but in my first year at uni and and thank God I met Jade at the time I did, um, but it I, it was a struggle for me at university for the first mm-hmm. year. It really was, um, and that was when I was eighteen. Um, I'd had a rough uh, breakup with with someone um, before prior to going to university. Um, my mum didn't like her. She's like yeah, she she walks like John Wayne. I don't like her. All that sort of thing. I, I don't I don't know why that was. You know. a, a, a uh, something she didn't like but there you go um but yeah that that was you know but but that was in the past you know the, thinking about it now it makes me laugh absolutely but you know i just got out of a bad breakup i'd met i'd met jade um during my time at, at uni um towards the latter end of the first year at uni mm. but it was when i was on my own and when people all my uni friends had gone home um i i wanted to stay um because um I just felt as though I needed to be on my own, um but then I didn't want to be on my own uh, mm-hmm. it was it was a horrible juxtaposition um mm. but it was it was a very it was a very claustrophobic um atmosphere Think about it now back at uni um all the all the studies were done um people were were going back home i didn't want to go home because i would i didn't have my freedom i didn't have yeah. the freedom to do what i wanted I didn't have the freedom to to go out and get you know um you know food or i didn't have the didn't have the freedom to go to a to a dvd shop and get something and come back and play it um but it was away from that when nothing would be on the telly nothing would be in the fridge um mm-hmm. and i just i just felt so alone but then i met jade um and it was a beautiful thing um and i haven't looked back since but it was those moments in my life that i really thank um i really thank wrestling for um mm-hmm and i fell in love with that wrestling sort of you know arena because it was late night and it was all that late night raw and Mm SmackDown on sky sports at two o'clock in the morning on a friday night and it would always just be that my mum would be asleep on the sofa and i'd be there just watching this ridiculous fantasy world play out and that was an escapism and that's what i think i fell in love with with wrestling and it gave me an outlet oh yeah you know I've got, to, I've got to find out what the rock does to triple h you know mm-hmm. in in a, in a week's time and me and you have talked about it you know we've we've bonded over it as well you know he's just literally killed him why what What's? he should be arrested oh no it's uh, yeah, really uh, bought into it checking teletext the next day wondering yeah. why it's not on the bbc news exactly. main site it's tantamount to vandalism you know he's just <laughs> destroyed a car you know, it's, but eight, that's that's... The thing is, it's so out of the
1: ordinary that you can jump out of your real world, which is not yeah. very nice at that point and jump into this completely outrageous world where there's good guys and bad guys. And usually the good guy wins in the end. So it's just like a film. It's just like a series. It's it's like a book, but it's all escapism, like you mentioned.
2: It's a it's a beautiful fairy tale. And and and, you know, seeing seeing fantastic athletes play out real life, you know, real life moves and and they are hurting themselves and it's a spectacle it's an absolute spectacle um i just i just felt as though wow this is something that i i can really enjoy and i looked forward to every friday i looked forward to you know the the time oh mum you, you you go to sleep you're all right you're fine and i just turned the telly on and nick a fags and and watch smackdown it was great i don't smoke now um because it's bad for you um but ultimately um i i just at that time it it was the right thing to do it was the right thing in my mind it was the right thing to do it was the right outlet i wouldn't do it now um however you know that kept that actually kept my my train of thought um going in the right direction it needed to and and thankfully you know i found a beautiful woman um in my wife now um who who showed me um, that there is life outside of Corby, and uh, no, I'm not dissing Corby, but at that time in my life, there was nothing there. There was nothing going on. It was a, it was a, a it was a traumatic experience living there, yeah. uh, growing up. Um, and and now um, I feel in such a great place. Uh, it, it's absolutely brilliant. But you know, I always think of my dad. Uh, I always think of him. Um, I, I I get. I you know I get a bit emotional around you know certain days of the year my birthday father's day his birthday um and and I got I, I, and again I bring it to Leeds um the moment we got promoted and you, you 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 saw me on social media you know I I, I deliberately um shut myself off from everyone went downstairs and, and watched the promotion party on my own um you know and and I and I had a grin from ear to ear um because I knew I knew he'd be there with me or we'd be on the phone, you know, and and I had that conversation with him, you know, just in my head. Um, how do you feel? Oh yeah, you know, worried about this year. Are we gonna go down? All those sort of things just run from ahead at that time. And those are the things that make me sad because I'm not able to have those real conversations with him. I'm not gonna be able to show him his grandson um growing up. Um mm. but but I, I, he's, he's around me um, because um, he, he's given me the chance to, to live. Um, and why would I want to take that away from other people? Because mm-hmm. my, brother, my brother and I have a great relationship for the, for the radio. My mum and I, we have our differences sometimes. You know, she's a very passionate lady, um, but she's my mum. And ultimately... Uh, she puts up with me, and I put up with her. You know, in a, in a in a loving way. Um, but ultimately, um, I think there's for me um, the, the, the 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 thoughts of suicide. Um, I know they would never have transpired. I know they mm-hmm. would never have been taken through to fruition. But they were there. They were there mm-hmm. because you know you, you, don't, you there's, there's times where you just think. God, I don't want to live, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. And and it just was ramped up to eleven um when my dad passed. But but ultimately, um, as I've said, I'm in a very happy place now. And I don't think you, know, you can, you know, never be a one hundred percent, but with with the way my life is at this point in my time ta- in, in my life, um, I am so happy. Um and I want this to continue. Um and you know. Let's hope leads don't get relegated. That's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, by by
1: this continue, I presume you mean the podcast, because this is the most meaningful. Absolutely,
2: thing at the absolutely. Yeah. And funny you should mention the British Heart Foundation, you know. And I think it, it, it it's just twigged. Um, I I wanted to do something that um I never thought possible. Um, back in 2012, um, and you remember it. Um, because you were there at the finish line um, because I thought I've never run a marathon or a half marathon um, and I actually because of my dad dying of uh, cardiomyopathy um, which is the enlarged the enlargement of a, of, of the heart um, and it was just a, a what what I was told was a freak illness that just made the heart enlarge um, but having that um, I, I just wanted to make a difference and and to help um, charities specifically uh, for for heart attacks and cardiac arrests, and and for people that are um, from the charity that care and and raise money for um, heart disease and finding potential issues that can help curb heart disease, I thought, why not race for the British Heart Foundation? So, in my in my job, I thought, let's let's just run. I felt like running. That's basically Forrest Gump there. And I just was at the, the desk one day, thought, yeah. Um, I want to go out and do a, a marathon or a half marathon. And they said, no, you won't, shit, uh, all that. Uh, and I thought, right, I'm going to do it. And yeah. I just put out a Just Giving page and I raised about uh, £500 um, within the space of a you know, a couple of months. It was brilliant. Um, and it really spurred me on to keep going to the gym, going out running. Um, and I I ran a half marathon that I never thought I'd be able to do um and all because of you know racing for the memory of my dad um hmm. and yeah and then i piled all the weight back on straight after i went to uh what's it sally pussy's in no no endorsement um and that's a genuine restaurant and they have a lovely spinach and mascarpone lasagna and i wolfed it down but that day i felt really sick afterwards um and you were there you were there um, i was i did yeah, did um yeah. all
1: of these things um all of these things you do to add meaning, well, all of us, we do things to add meaning to our lives. And when you're 15 and your dad's just died, it can feel like life is meaningless. It can feel like that tight little unit you had, that lovely little family unit you had. The rug has been pulled spectacularly from underneath you and nothing matters anymore. So why not smoke? Why not drink? Why not stay up late? Who cares? Nothing matters because my dad's there. That kind of mentality. And absolutely completely understandable because like he's the most important guy in your life and now he's not here anymore exactly and that. then as you get older you start adding in meaning and you get to a point now where you have got so much meaning you've got so many people um dependent on you but who love you uh so, so it's not a chore at all
2: and sometimes it can be to love me but no. like <laughs>
1: finding finding meaning on its own sometimes isn't enough. And feeling whelmed rather than overwhelmed on its own some, sometimes isn't enough. And feeling free as opposed to trapped on its own sometimes isn't enough. But once you get all of those ingredients and more, then you can start to feel like life is worth living again. And that's when the suicidal thoughts, that that, that is a handy escape door that is there if you need it, but you know you're never gonna go near it, but it's there if you need it. Of that door goes yeah. away as well. Because you don't even need to, you don't even need the security blanket mm. of suicide if that makes sense.
2: It's yeah, a, it does. the The way the way I see it would be, you know, in that dream like state where you see the door and every time you get closer to it, it goes further and further away, which is a which is a positive outlet. Um, that's that's how I felt. Um, mm. and and yeah, some 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 people say that analogy of the dream like scenario is quite nightmarish, but turn it on its turn it on its head that's how I envisioned the door disappearing as you as you've rightly said it just it just it it disappeared into the distance it, it's it's never gonna go um because yeah. people can people can have those thoughts and it brings it back into the forefront however um I can I can rightly say now I'm I, I know I've already said it but I will repeat it I'm in a very good place I'm very happy place but I I know I know myself where to go if ever I, I have those thoughts or feelings come about again um mm-hmm. yeah I, I've, I've felt depressed um in you know in in modern modern times recent times you know job aspects in the past you know but i'm in a great place with that as well now but you, know, you should never feel ashamed you shouldn't feel ashamed um to to hold your hand up and go i need help uh, or yeah. or and and the beauty of this podcast it allows me and you to just chat it allows us to to give an an outlet for other people uh, and we've seen that with with Charlotte and we've seen that with Holly and it's absolutely fantastic um but me and you we might be the hosts but we're we're human beings as well um so that's why I really thank you as a as a friend um for for putting up with me sometimes and and for listening and uh, for for being there if i need you um so the the feeling hopefully is is reciprocated but yeah i i know where to go and that's why it's important for people that are listening, that have these thoughts, that have possibly lost a loved one recently, whoever it may be, um, mm. they they must find some form of, of outlet for themselves, whether it be smoking, whether it be don't you just please think about think about yourself, of course, but just make sure you you speak to someone and then the ball starts rolling, the catalyst is lit the fuse is lit uh, and and ultimately the the next step of the recovery period happens um mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't have to be daily it doesn't have to be an overnight thing it can take it can take as long as it takes but just make sure you you listener or viewer um knows that you're not alone you're not even though and charlotte said it yes uh, l- last week you might feel alone but you're not absolutely not 100 percent you know
1: what? I checked in with her a couple of days ago and we were talking about the ending and she said, I think I said the word alone about five or six times. And you've just reiterated it. But it is a it's a good point worth making. Um, how do you feel just because we probably should finish soon, but How do you feel yeah. about that 15 year old boy? Do you feel any shame?
2: Is that is that the question that I normally say? What would you say to that 15 year old boy? Very much.
1: I'm trying to change the wording to make hey. it my own, but hey. it's yours.
2: You, you can you can plagiarise me any day, mate. Um, the, would you the, shout the, at him? Would you would you tell him he was making it up? Would you be annoyed? I'd tell him to. I'd I'd tell him to don't worry about anyone telling you to man up because I, I was told to man up. Um, yeah. I know, I know, disgusting. Be yourself. Be true to who you want to be. And I know that's be be yourself, but be yourself because that's the only person you can be. Um, I think. Uh, i think if i could tell my 15 my 15 year old version of me um you you're going to get a hot wife don't worry um you know she's out there um and and uh you are going to have a family you're going to have you know if i could time travel i'd say that and and i'd and i'd give him the the lottery numbers now um but i think if i could tell him just to just just to hold on it, it'll be it'll be okay um, you're not here forever um because you know Growing up on on your own as the only child, being a part of a big family, you know it was it was tough at times. But yeah, just hold hold on, steadfast. You're going to go to university. You're going to have the time of your life. You're going to meet you're going to meet someone that is amazing, um, and you're going to spend the rest of your life with her. That's it. Um, and also, uh, if I could if if I could say to my 15 year old um, me, uh, just make sure you delete the tapes. <laughs>
1: So do you feel like that fifteen year old had anything to be ashamed of?
2: Absolutely not one hundred percent not um I think may, maybe choose girlfriends a bit better maybe <laughs> um but that that's for another story um you know, yeah, maybe just- w- worry about the more important things rather than whether or not you know you're gonna be in in a relationship with this girl over that girl and just focus on yourself. Don't worry about having to please others. You know they can. You can only please yourself. Um, But that's it. Um, That's all I say. And and enjoy the rest of your life because you're going to have a good one. Um,
1: And I I tell him that he was a good man back then, and he's a good man now. He was a good man back then because he was feeling the feelings, and he wasn't running from them as much as he could. And also he was he was not letting the feelings uh, overcome. So even with the suicidal feelings, he knew they were feelings. He didn't turn them into behavior. And look at the person he's turned into now. And actually, all of your family are lovely.
0: They're
1: not
2: bad. No, they're good. They're good. I, love, they're I love them. They're good, good kids, all of them. They are. They're good eggs. I love that. They're good eggs. I like that. I'm, I'm going to recommend
1: a book, and I'll put it in the description. I yes. was leaning down here because it's in my bookcase, and it's called Is It Okay That You're Not Okay? Um, and it's about grieving, and it's about the, the normal things to feel after grieving. And suicidal thoughts will come into there as well. Um, but also Michael Rosen's sad book, I think it's called. Yes, yes. Um, he I'll lost share it. a picture he... of that on the social media, but he lost his son.
0: Yeah, he
1: did. Um, and he, the, the first page of the book, spoilers, is a, a cartoon picture of a man smiling and it says, this is me looking sad. Uh, and it just kind of goes into how we have to hide those feelings and those emotions sometimes from other people, um but sometimes from ourselves. And that's why we engage in these distractions, which can be good in the short term, not necessarily good in the long term. Talking is a good option
2: for the and long term. Remember to always feel no that might not come across as a harmony because of the lag, but there was a nice there way was way. a nice reverb. It went me. It went into a beat on its own. That's what you want out of a song, that noise. Yeah, absolutely. Or or the backing of a car, the backing up of a car. I don't know.
1: You know what, though, Al? Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. Because uh, um, it's your story and you've chosen to share it with us. So thank we you. are privileged. We're all very privileged. And hopefully anybody else who is in... I mean, hopefully nobody else is in a similar situation. But you know there will be because yeah, that is life. But hopefully... Anybody in a similar situation who who has been in a similar situation will find um, that it resonates with them, too, and they Uh, find some similarities.
2: It's all about giving comfort um, because God knows we need it. And it's the fact that you, you know, it's just you're not alone. And hopefully, like you say. I know, I know we've said that so many times tonight. And again, let's have that as the hashtag. Um, but yeah, thank you for giving me my soapbox as, as you know, people on Twitter and everyone has at the minute. So it was nice. And hopefully I haven't bored you to tears. You know, that's good. That's a, I really no, appreciate it. Thank you. I may have been tears, but they were empathic ones. Empathetic? Empathic? Oh,
1: it doesn't matter. Um, the... Empathy is there, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I was going to say one more thing and I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Very similar to uh, Holly and Charlotte and probably anybody that we'll end up talking to. What strength to be able to say that you got through that and that you're still going and that you're using it in a positive way.
2: We're all strong. There
1: you go. Bye. (laughs) Take it easy, everyone. I'll do the outro next, so I won't say bye. I
2: love the I love the guitar thing that you do. Is it you? Are you gonna? No, No. it's an Adobe.
1: It's an Adobe loop, but all credit to Adobe. Thanks, guys. Just just,
2: thanks. Yeah. Any sponsorship deal, just pass them our way. Fine. We we like we like anything uh, that has a value to it. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Feel No Shame. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember, if you feel like you need to speak to anybody after listening to this podcast or at any time, any day, please call the Samaritans on 116 123. Alternatively, please check out the other support services that we recommend at the end of our YouTube videos. Music is by Adobe. I've been Rowan Long with Alan Aldersley Byrne. Thank you for listening and join us next time for more of the same.